Minehead Baptist Church Sermon Podcast for Sunday the 28th of August 2022. Hello and welcome, thank you once again for joining me, my name's James and I'm the web guy here at NBC. This week Paul's continuing our series of Seaside Rock with Breakfast on the Beach. The reading is John chapter 21. So we'll go and join the service as Paul's introducing it with some notices. Because you're going to help serve the rest of us, is that alright? In essence, we just want some, Jenny needs some help, so if you're around and about afterwards, that would be brilliant. Thirdly, you should have received a little flyer, okay? Apologies about the map. The map's my handiwork because we didn't want to break any copyright rules for Ordnance Survey. Um, but you'll see the kind of map, if you know the car park near Butlins, if you get there, that then frankly you will, you will see where we are in terms of baptising on the beach. Next week, there'll be no service here. We'll, we'll, we'll go dunking. Is that all right? We're going to baptise a couple of lovely folk on the beach. I, I look forward to that with amazing glee. Ten o'clock there, okay? There is a car park there. I don't know, since someone asked me, whether or not you have to pay on a Sunday. You're going to have to do a little bit of investigating um, and how much it is. So I apologise. You'll probably just need to do a little bit of homework between now and then. So when you're parking, yes, Becca? You have to pay from 10 o'clock even on a, Saturday, on a Sunday. Okay, so bring your change. Oh, and you can pay by card. It's all got very okay. I obviously don't know as much about the car park as I ought to then. Looking forward to that. Why? Because every time we gather, I want to say if this is your first time here or your thousandth time here, you are among friends. You are among family. And you are welcome. I love the fact that we're a family. And just to let you know, if you've got children, any child under the age of about 12 is going to go out with Lorraine later on. Either into the creche area, if that's appropriate, or into the hall. And this morning we have four, count them, four dedication of children. Hallelujah to the fact that God is God in the midst of us. And we can celebrate family. And all of that makes me want to do something which is summed up in a psalm. And it's how we'll start our worship this morning. Psalm 100 in the uh, scripture is entitled, if you've got one of these Bibles, it says, An Invitation to Enter Joyfully into God's Presence. Do you want to enter joyfully into God's Presence this morning? Or do you want to enter grumpily? What do you want to do? You all want to enter joyfully. Okay. Fair play. But it starts off like this. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. So we're going to stand and worship together and with Lorraine, make a statement about who Jesus is and joyfully worship. You see all this paraphernalia. This is our fifth week of something called Seaside Rock. We've been uh, looking at Peter's life over the last five weeks as a church and as young people. Uh, And we've been having a bit of fun as well. Um, And today we are going to be looking at Peter saying, I love you, Lord. I believe in you. So a lot of our worship today is going to be centered around Jesus. And what better way to start than to proclaim that Jesus is king and I will extol him. So let's stand and sing together. Well, it's amazing to be among you all this morning as my church family. Lovely to worship with you and awesome to recognise that we come this morning and bring before the Lord four boys who are going to be dedicated. Now, I have to tell you, in case you didn't know, every empathy and sympathy rests with you, Philippa. Because Philippa has a house with seven, with a husband, hi Martin, and, and seven boys. That... Seven boys. That's, that's some household, isn't it? But, but for the four youngest, we're going to bring them before God this morning. And let's remind ourselves of why we do that. Jeremiah writes this prophecy. And at the heart of it, he writes this. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. 
plans to give you a hope and a future. That's why we bring these boys before God, because we acknowledge our Lord has plans for them to prosper and to give them future hope. And part of this morning, we're going to make a declaration as a church that we will make sure that that hope of the Lord Jesus Christ is something all our young people have the opportunity to experience. So, in the name of Jesus Christ, I want to welcome up Martin and Philippa, mum and dad, and James, Edward, Finley and Miles. Just to let you know while they come up, when I met with Philippa and Martin, I asked them, how difficult does it get to name the seventh boy? Because by then, surely you've run out of names, haven't you? And I remember, in case Philippa doesn't, I remember Philippa's response. She says, he looks like a Miles. I don't know what that means, really, but, but actually. Guys, it's really good to welcome you. And Philippa and Martin, I know you've come to thank God for the gift of James and Edward and Finley and Miles. As a wider family, have come, you've come to support them, to acknowledge these amazing children and to actually pay your part in helping them. And we as a church family have come just to simply say, Lord, we love you. And we want these youngsters to love you too. So let's ask for God's blessing on James, Edward, Finley and Miles. Let's give thanks. Let's pray. Living God, you are the source of life. No one is born and no one dies without your knowledge or outside your love. We thank you for these amazing boys, for new life, and for all the potential which rests in them. We thank you for the love which brought them all to life, which continues to surround them today. We know how much they depend on their parents, but we believe that you'll give their parents and those who support them and this wider church family all the wisdom, the patience, and the skills that are needed. We thank you for the gifts and talents which have been revealed in James, in Edward, in Finley and in Miles. And we thank you that more will be revealed as they grow older. And we present them now to you, thankful to God, with praise. Amen. In the midst of scripture, Jesus has a moment, doesn't he, when he encounters children. And he seems to be quite positive about what he thinks about youngsters amongst us. This is Mark chapter 10. People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant, and he said to them, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms placed his hands on them, and blessed them. There's some promises for you as family. Philippa and Martin, do you thank God for the gift of James, Edward, Finley and Miles? And do you trust God to help you as parents as you care for them? Will you try with God's help to share with them all your understanding of the Christian faith? Will you bring them up within the family of the church? Do you promise to surround them with goodness, love and respect? Now, we're going to ask a question of James, of Edward and of Finley, and, and I promise to shout with them, and I want you to shout yes with them too, so they don't feel isolated or alone. Is that okay? So James, Edward and Finley, you have a young brother, his name's Miles, and he's already bored. <laughs> Do you promise that you will love and help and care for each other? And you'll care for your brother, Miles. So after three, we're going to shout yes. All of us together, right? One, two, three. Yes! So to the wider church family, I say, do you, the church family at Minehead Baptist, promise that there will always be a place here for children in our hearts and in our families? Do you promise that you'll play your part in bringing up our children to the knowledge of Jesus as our Lord and Saviour? If and only if you promise this, because it's solemn, 
Can you either stand, or if you're unable to stand, put your hand in the air as acknowledgement that you will do that. And then I acknowledge there are visitors here from different churches. Minehead Baptist Church is only one church amongst many. Jesus Christ loves all. And at all of our churches should be places where children are safe and cared for and loved and respected. So if you want to make that promise on behalf of your church for yourself, please stand. There you go. We all stand in support of you. Please be seated, friends. James, is it okay if I move over to you? That'd be all right. I'm going to use your full name, okay? So this is the moment. Everybody knows what your middle name is. Is that all right? And we agreed I could put my hand on James's shoulder. James Henry Diel. You are one of God's children, and your name is written on the palm of his hand. May the blessing of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be with you today and always. Amen. Edward, can I put my hand on your shoulder? Is that all right? I'll do that there. There you go. Behind mum. You're all right. Edward Joseph Tiel, you are one of God's children and your name is written on the palm of his hands. The blessing of God, who is Father, Son and Holy Spirit, be with you today, now and always. Amen. Finley. Hiya, Finley. How are you? Oh, hello. (laughs) Finley. Finley Thomas Tiel, you are one of God's children and your name is written on the palm of his hands. The blessing of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be with you now and forevermore. This, guys, is where it gets interesting. Miles, <laughs> you're going to come with me, Miles? Oh, yeah, mate. Hey, you all right? You okay? <laughs> who the heck are you? <laughs> Miles Alexander Diel, you are one of God's children. And your name is written on the palm of his hands. May the blessing of God, who is Father, Son and Holy Spirit, be with you now and forevermore. Amen. Just to let you know, Uncle Roy will love it if you play with that. (laughs) Friends, we're going to continue worshipping the Lord. But before we do, I'm going to ask Lorraine to come and do me a favour because I can't pick them up as well. Ah, righty-ho. And actually... uh, If you're one of our children and you'd like to be part of this, would you come up now to someone, doesn't matter who, anyone? Because if you would, you could give these guys these amazing gifts. What we have bought for each of our children is an age-appropriate Bible. We pray that this Bible may be to you the living word of God. Come on, everyone, you can be part of this with your sister too. Finley. Okay. That one's for James and that one's for Thank Edward. Okay. Now we've bought Miles a baby Bible. We assume Miles cannot read. <laughs> but we do believe that Miles' mum and dad can read to him. And we pray that word of God will be yours, Miles. Let's pray for these children. Father God, we thank you for these and all children in our midst. We are truly blessed. And we pray, Lord, for the children of the world that all children everywhere may hear the good news of Jesus Christ, their Lord and Saviour, may come to know him and love him, and you, Lord, would be glorified in their lives. May James and Edward, Finley and Miles, do amazing things in your name. Amen. Amen. We're going to worship. Well, we're going to go and show these lovely folk around. Is that all right? We're going to go around the church. Well, I wondered about going and sort of saying hello. All right, then. Okay. We're going to continue with worship then. So don't frighten these little ones as they go around. All right. We want smiles, not grumps this morning. Okay. So we're going to have two. So I hope you've really got your worship muscles ready. We're going to have Jesus is the name we honour and we want to see Jesus lifted high. Okay. Let's stand and praise our Lord.
I'm just running, I'm running late. Well, well, if you must, but actually what I'd really like is some Marmite on toast. No, no, I know I haven't had breakfast, I know I'm running late, and I know it's what you'd normally like, not what you'd like, but, but actually I'd like some Marmite on toast if that's okay. Oh, whatever. What are you shouting at now? Well, I want some Marmite on toast, and I want my... Oh, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I I wonder, do you like Marmite? Okay. Oh, let's see, shall we? Oh, dodgy. Oh, dodgy. So, whole church, the whole church, everyone, if you like Marmite, can you put your hand in the air? Oh. If you don't like Marmite, can you put your hand on the air? In the air? Oh. Lorraine, can you do me a favour? Yeah. Remind me never, ever to bring the vote for Marmite to a church meeting. Okay, all right, okay. Don't bring it to the church meeting, okay. Oh, that's a way to divide a church, isn't it, really? <laughs> Marmite, yeah. Well, I'd like to say this to you. If you don't like Marmite, you're simply wrong. Oh! <laughs> you know, my friend Peter, do you remember him? Do you remember Peter? We've been talking about Peter these last few weeks, haven't we? Can you guess what his favourite thing for breakfast might be? Marmite? Who said fish? Ah, fish it fish. is. He has fish all the time. Fish with everything and everything with fish, it seems to me. But that reminds me of a time that he tells me about having breakfast, a fish breakfast with Jesus. Where was that? It was on a beach. On a beach? Okay. Uh, and, and, and we're going to need some volunteers, I think, to help tell uh, it, the story for us. Come on, then. Come on. You're going to help us. Come on. Come on. Anybody going to help us from over there? Anybody? Please. No, Jay, you can't. In one moment, your big One moment, coming. you'll be in there, yeah. You're... Come up then. All right, that's it. You're Anybody be else going to be in this shit, mate, for us? Can I just say, he's very, very brave, isn't he, to come on his own? Don't you think? Yeah, yes. amazing. Well done. Well done. Anybody okay. else? That's all right. Not, I'll we'll... be the rest of them. Okay, Lorraine's going to be the rest of the shipmates. That's cool. Thank you very much, Ollie. You're a star. Okay, that's it. Look after him. That's we'll right. look after him. Okay, so it's a story of Peter and Jesus and being on the beach. One of you needs to be Peter. No, okay. that's got to be you. He's, he's volunteered. Bless <laughs> you. So, so here's my oh, story. Down. Good, William. Here we go. Here's my story. We're going to act it out. Is that all right? Okay. Thank you, William. You're Thank a star. Following the amazing news that Jesus had risen from the dead, Jesus had appeared to Peter and the other disciples in the upper room. But Peter says that it wasn't long before something started to happen. He was still a little worried about the fact that before Jesus had died, he denied him three times. <laughs> and he wondered what Jesus would say to him about that. Well, according to Peter, it wasn't long before the disciples found themselves twiddling their thumbs, wanting to do something. Twiddling their what? Twiddling their thumbs. This is Jay's big moment. Up you come, Jay. Twiddling their thumbs. <laughs> We're oh, going to see Jay. if you know. Jay, you're here, my friend. Stand there. That's it. Right there. We're going to see. Oh, I wonder what twiddling your thumbs means. Do you know how to twiddle your thumbs? Go on, Right, here we go. Here's Jay twiddling his thumbs. Oh, look. Okay, so you put your hands together. What about everyone in the church? Do you twiddle your thumbs? How would you twiddle your thumbs? How do you twiddle your thumbs? Mm. Why do you twiddle your thumbs? Is that because you're bored? (laughs) Oh, that's why it happens during the sermon. Ah, (laughs) that's what it is. All adults, all adults are good at twiddling their thumbs. Sometimes. Okay, ask your mum and dad over lunch why that would be. That should make a lovely conversation over lunch for your mum and dad. <laughs> anyway, Peter, thank you very much, my friend. Star, clap, round well done, Well done, yep. Yeah. So, twiddling your thumbs. Anyway, Peter, impetuous Peter, wanted something to happen now. And he didn't know what to do. So he decided to do what he'd always done before. He would go fishing. Ah, fishing. Yeah. What do you need for fishing? We've got a boat. We've got a boat. Okay, so right, they went get the fishing boat, William. Come in on the then. Boat, get it the out. Amazing Ooh. boat, the Simon Peter. There we go. Get it out. That's it. Here you go. Okay. Come on and go, Peter. Uh, uh, um, you in guys, the middle. You can hold it. You know, okay. the, the, it was a lovely, gentle, calm day. So the boat was gently, gently ra- rocking. No, gently rocking. No seasickness today, please. Okay. There we go. Nice and gently. And it was night. They went night fishing because Peter says it's the best time to catch fish. So you've got to peer as if it's night. Look at it. I know it's not, but you can imagine, can't you? Early in the morning, someone was on the shore and they cried out, Friends, haven't you got any fish? 
they answered. Empty. Nothing. Empty. Throw your net on the right side of the boat. Hang on. Which said. is your right? Oh, it's, it's, it's that side. It's that side. Yeah, William, throw it over there. That's it. Mm. And they caught so many they could hardly haul the net in. That sounds like before they had it. Was it as many fish as they got when Jesus told them to no, do it before? No, not as many. How many? The Bible says there was 153 153? Mm. That's not as heavy as before. No, I sat in it before. You sat in it before. It's definitely I'm heavier than 153 fish. Yes. Don't so say who's going to have to sit in it then? Theo, mm. were you going with Dad? No, not with Dad. Uh, <laughs> no, that would be... Should we get him to do it? Yeah, come on in. Right, come on then, young man. Are you a visitor? Come yeah. along, yeah. Okay, there you go. Not been here long. Okay. Can I say it's the nicest thing you think I'm lighter than Paul? <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Right, let's see. Can we pull him up? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Ready? Something's just ripped. That's a... oh, can I just say it wasn't the net? Okay, right. Are we ready? One, two, three, push! Oh! No, not quite. He's too heavy. Off you oh, go. Oh, he's too heavy. He's too who's, heavy. Who's lighter than Mark? Anyone want to come and give it a go? Who's lighter? Let's Mark. try you. Let's try you. Should we try you? Go on, let's see. Go on, go, 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 go. Go fish. 153 fish. Could he be ready? 153? Are we ready? Come on, then. One, two, three. Yeah, we can do it. Oh, we we lifted him up. It's there we go. Yeah, well done. done. Up you come, then. 153 fish. And they started hauling them in. Now, as they're doing so, Jesus saw, sorry, Peter saw that Jesus had built a fire. John the Baptist, John the the disciple rather, Jesus loved, that was nearly an error. John the disciple Jesus loved, shouts, it's the Lord. And Peter gets really excited. And he said, all the disciples in the boat were really excited with him. So Peter, you've seen Jesus, you're excited. Can you smile? What about... All the other disciples were smiling. Can they all smile in? Okay, here we go. Adults, can we be that? Can you all smile? Oh, no, don't bother. Oh, dearie oh. me. Cool. <laughs> Ropey looking Those out. teeth, oh, dearie me. Goodness. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it, it was that moment in time. So Peter decides... Peter? Peter decides when Jesus says, can you bring me some fish? He decides to jump back in the boat and to help the disciples pull... The fish in. And, and then they get... does he jump out of the boat? Sorry? Does Peter then jump out? Oh, he does. He jumps out into the water. No, 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 no. Ah, it, says, it... it says he put his coat on. His coat? To well, jump the Bible, in the water? The Bible says outer garments, but from our perspective, coat. And he's a fisherman, isn't he? Yeah. So I've got the coat here that I use to go fishing. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, dear. So let's see. Let's what see. is this coat? Oh, doesn't matter. Let's see how quick. Doesn't matter. Let's see how quick you can you can get <laughs> into the coat. Quickly, put it on. 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 Mark could do it quicker. You reckon Mark could do it quicker? Yeah. Take the coat off, let's just see. Let's see if Mark can get it on quicker. <laughs> right, Mark, are you ready? Let's go. We're going to count you down, all right, from Let's ten. see how quick. Ready? ready? One, ten. two, three, go. Ten, One, nine, nine, eight, seven, eight, seven six, six, five, five four, four, three, two, two one. one. Yes, you've got it on. Well done, no, no, Mark. no, no, don't take it off, Mark. Don't, it's so oh, nice. No. It's so nice to see an Aston Villa supporter in a Brighton and Hove coat, isn't it? Yeah, okay. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, he, he, they got, he got ashore, and so and did this amazing haul of fish. And Jesus cooks some fish. Right. No, I think we can let you cook some fish today. Is that all right? Come on, we're, William. We're not going to start come a real on, William, fire, come and cook the fish. Come down. That's, That's it. it. Come, come and cook come, our come, fish. Come down, guys. That's it. Put your fish I'll there. I'll put that back up there. That's it. Okay. Come and sit here, William, and hold on to your fish. Don't burn yourselves, all right? That's fine. Sit and have your fish. That's it. Mm. And they had fish together on the beach. Breakfast. It was after breakfast that Jesus said something strange to Peter. He said this. Peter, do you love me more than this? 
Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you more than these. Feed my lambs. You've got to feed some sheep? No, not literal sheep. Oh, right. No, Jesus, Peter said that Jesus meant that he was to take care of the disciples, of those that would come to know Jesus. Has he got to feed them fish? No, No, but feed them spiritual food. Right, I got it now. You got it now, okay. And then it happened again. Peter, do you love me? Lord, you know I love you, said Peter. And it happened a third time. Peter, do you love me? Now, Peter was hurt because Jesus had asked a third time, do you love me? Lord, you know I do. You know all things and you know I love you, is what he said. Feed my sheep. Peter says that was the moment he felt that Jesus put him back on his feet, reminded him of who he was. And Peter says, put his feet back on the solid rock that was Jesus. And Jesus simply says to Peter, follow me. And that's what Peter's been doing ever since, following Jesus. He's still the same Peter as he always was. And in many ways, he will always be the same Peter. But now, whatever he does, whatever he talks about, it's all about Jesus. Shall we thank our volunteers? Let's thank, thank them you, now. volunteers. Okay, I'll sit down. Whoa, whoa, What do you mean? What do you mean you can't find the Marmite? Hang on, hang on, hang on. I found the Marmite. Oh, oh, Peter says that Marmite is good on fish. Good on fish. You better go and have your breakfast. I'm going, then. I'm going to go and give that a try. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Cool. Marmite on fish. What a great day. <laughs> As he goes off for his horrible breakfast, we're going to sing again. My Jesus, my Saviour. And let's just remember the words that we sing here as uh, Peter sang. I sing for joy at the work of your hand. Forever I'll love you. Forever I'll stand. That was an important thing for Peter at that time. My Jesus, my Saviour. My Jesus, my Saviour. Lord, there is none like you. Please do have a seat. And we're going to come now to a time of prayer. So shall we pray? Father, we come today and we thank you for this time we come together, as we gather together to worship you. Father, we thank you for the gifts you give us. Father, we thank you for the gifts that we've given to this church in our offering. And Father, we pray that it would be used for your work. Father, we pray for... Our church, Lord, as we have baptisms next week and all that's going on, Father, we pray that you would continue to be involved leading this church, Lord. Father, we pray for our local community, our community around us as we hear news on the news time and time again of rising costs. For costs that seem to just go up and up. Father, we pray for your comfort. We pray for your help. We pray, Lord, that we would know that you do provide for us. Father, we thank you for the rain we've had in these last couple of weeks. Father, we pray for some more. Father, we pray as well, Lord, for our government as they grapple with everything that's going on. Father, we pray for the Conservative Party leadership contest still going on. Father, we pray that you would be known, your presence would be known, your voice would be known in that competition. Father, we pray that whoever comes to be Prime Minister, that they would listen to your voice. And we pray, Lord, for the, or for Pakistan, Lord, when we hear on the news of landslides and mudslides caused by heavy rain. 
Father, we pray for relief efforts. We pray for those affected, that they would know you. Father, in a country that is not always that welcoming to you, we pray that your presence would be known. And we pray, Lord, for the relief agencies working. Father, that they would know the right places, the right things to do. We pray for those in our own congregation who are in need of our prayers, those in hospital, those unwell. Father, we lift them up to you now. Father, we pray for your healing hand to be felt. We pray, Lord, that even in difficult times that we and they would know your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I know Jenny's going to come and share us our reading. There you are. <laughs> the reading this morning, <clears throat> as you've already guessed, <laughs> you really had it already. It's from John chapter 21. Afterwards, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas called Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon told them, and they said, we'll go with you. So they went out. And got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, Friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, Throw your net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. And when they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, It is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from the shore, about a hundred yards. And when they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. And Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have just caught. Simon Peter climbed aboard and dragged the net ashore. It was full of fish, 153, but even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, Feed my sheep. 
I tell you the truth. When you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. And then he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who is going to betray you? And when Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. And because of this, the rumor spread among the brothers that this disciples would not die. But Jesus did not say that he would not die. He only said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? This is the disciple who testifies to these things and who wrote them down. We know that his testimony is true. Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. Amen. Thank you, Jenny. Did you notice, right at the end of that reading, we have a confirmation, an affirmation, that what you're actually hearing about is a first-hand encounter. John testifies to it, doesn't he? He's the one that wrote it down. He was there. What he also tells you in that story is that on that beach, something amazing happened. Peter, this strange, robustious, passionate, larger-than-life character, had a life-changing, life-affirming, life-defining encounter with Jesus Christ. This morning, that's exactly what is on offer to you. A life-changing, life-affirming, life-defining encounter with Jesus. And it matters not whether you've known Jesus for decades or whether you don't know him at all. Because that same offer is made to everyone. It matters not how old you are, whether you call yourself a Christian or not. It matters not whether you're full of faith or full of doubt or somewhere in between. It matters not whether you've been coming to this place for ages, for years, are fully committed to your Lord, or whether you've been coming for years and you're still not sure. It matters not how you come. What matters is that the offer is the same. This life-changing, life-defining, life-affirming encounter. Because this morning, however you feel, the good news is this. Jesus Christ is here and he longs to meet you. The only question is, will you meet with him? That's the question Peter has on the boat, doesn't he? I know this has got to be dealt with, this stuff in my life, this denial. It's Jesus. And did you know what he does? He doesn't go, oh, I'll sit in the boat and just work out what his reaction is going to be. What Peter does is he jumps over the boat. And the note, the strange fact, he puts his coat back on, for goodness sake, as he does it. He's gone all in. This may be Jesus and I may be, have to accept that I have to deal with this denial, but this is Jesus. And what he discovers is a Lord that simply loves but there again, why have the disciples gone fishing in the first place? Well, Peter's reverted to type, hasn't he? When we first encounter Peter, he's fishing. Isn't that true of all of us? We often revert to type, don't we? When the world seems upside down, when we're struggling to make sense, isn't that what we do? Now, I have a friend. You'd be amazed that I have a friend, I know, but it's true. I have a friend, and I have to tell you, 
he will not let me near his garden. His garden is immaculate. I have a bit of a reputation. Lorraine says that the only way I can do gardening is under supervision. Because I just do not know the difference between a weed and a plant. You, you get the drill? I have a friend, his garden's immaculate. He won't let me anywhere near, although he invites me. But as he invites me, it's like this. Paul, here's the table, here's the chair, stay there. And every now and then when I speak to him, I say, how come your garden is so immaculate? And I remember asking that question, thinking confidently that he'd say it's because he loved gardening. It seemed to me to be the sense. But he replied, he didn't really love gardening. But if he ever needed to think, what he would do is get out into the garden. And there was often much to think about. So he did his gardening while he thought, do you get the drift? And because he had lots of thinking to do, in his mind, his garden was brilliant. What he didn't want me was coming, doing, messing the garden up, was ruining his mind, I guess. But I don't know what the equivalent for you is. But I do know that for Peter, he went fishing. What about you? What do you do when you revert to type? For Peter, this is a good place to start and think, isn't it? He can stop. And after all... This early adventure with Jesus seems to have finished. It's come to a point. And he's returned to that moment in his life which revolutionised his life in the first place. He met Jesus while he was fishing, so back to fishing he goes. And frankly, there was a lot to think about. And he was thinking loads. And if you want to know how you can tell that, they went night fishing. They were there all night and they caught nothing. Now, a few of you are fishermen will know at night... If you are there all night and you catch nothing, you do an awful lot of thinking. And I do that as I am fishing too. So we know that he reminisced. Then comes the cry. Friends, have you caught any fish? No. Throw your net on the right-hand side of the boat and you'll find some. Hold on, this is getting familiar. And even when they follow the instructions, they find they have a real haul. And incidentally, I think you can tell in this little fact that Peter's reverting to type. Let me ask every single fisherman here, when the last time you went fishing, do you remember how many fish you caught? One. Yeah, Jeff, it was one. Got to tell you, mate, four, but we're not going to count. <laughs> the truth of the matter is, of course, that's what fishermen do. They're going to count the catch. And so they do, don't they? 153. Because that's what you do if you're a fisherman. Because if the boat next to you are caught 151, get, get the drift? That's kind of what fishermen are like. And so you can see Peter is back in type. And the story goes on and the cry goes out, it's the Lord. And Peter, impetuous Peter, prone to great passion, puts on those garments, jumps in the water. In an act of love, of the one who walked on water to get to Jesus, Peter becomes the one who wades through water to get to him. There's an act of love here. Peter's love for Jesus and Jesus' love for him. It's Jesus' love for Peter that drives the conversation, isn't it? And it's Peter's love that makes him leap out of the boat. No matter... The last time Peter saw Jesus, he was battered and bruised, beaten. Jesus simply glances towards him, we're told, in Matthew's Gospel. And looks at him on his way to the cross. Here was Jesus. And however much Peter knew that this denial would have to be dealt with, his response was was one of love. He's learnt something, and I pray that we'll all learn it here this morning. That in times of worry... Doubt and anxiety, you shouldn't revert to type. Because, friends, when we are worried, anxious, doubting, when we think the Lord's going to tell us off, let's put it that way, we walk away from the Lord. We try and distance ourselves. Peter's response is the reverse. He runs towards him. If this morning you're doubting, worrying, anxious, I want to invite you to run towards the Lord. Peter got wet. Now, praise God, we don't have to get wet. But we run towards him. And there is Jesus. There's a charcoal fire going. Charcoals. The last time that Greek word was used in scripture was for another fire. The fire where Peter warms his hands in the courtyard where he's denying Jesus. But here... 
as he warms his hands. It's not hard to imagine, is it? That another pair of hands come into the picture and these have got nail holes in. It's an amazing image. It's a story of love. And it's love that comes before Jesus speaks to Peter and restores him. Because that's what's coming. Pure, unadulterated God love. Dear church, this last few weeks we've been talking about knocking the walls of this building down. About spiritual food. About standing with each other. About being with our community. And all of that is born out of two things. Love and obedience to the Lord. You can't do it without those two things. If we truly love the Lord, then we'll simply obey him. Because let's be honest, it's really easy to say, we love you, Jesus, in worship. I love you, Lord, as you're here. And when he takes us literally, and he says to you and I, go feed my sheep. Come, follow me. Do this for me. Get out of the boat and walk on water. Become a fisher of men. Show the world that I'm your greatest treasure. Become the rock I know you are and rely upon me to become your rock. It's then, bluntly, that we say to the Lord, well, actually, not today. I prefer not tomorrow. Next year, maybe. But in any case, I'm not ready yet to do what you're asking me to do. I'm not skilled enough, not old enough, too old, not whatever enough. I'm just me. I'm not like her or him. So you don't understand what's going on in my life, Jesus. You don't understand what you're asking of me. My life, my commitments, I simply can't take anything else on. Actually, on the balance of things, I think I'll say no to you. And that's what we do. I still love you, though. We go. But obeying you, no. Peter learned, and you and I must learn. That if we are to follow Jesus, if we want the walls of this place to come down, if we want to be fishers of men, if we want to put our feet on the rock and be the rock on which others can uh, put their faith in as well, if we want to make Jesus our treasure, if we want to be redeemed, if we want to gather around the fire, if we want to warm our hands with Jesus Christ, then put simply, we must count the cost and pay it willingly. Got to do it. And I know it's tough, this message, because it means we've got to leave behind all we hold dear and simply follow him. And if you're from another church, I ask you to ponder, is that what God's asking for you, where you are? See, we can't say to Jesus, I want to be alive for you, but here are my conditions. That's not scriptural at all. Unfortunately, but also fortunately, Jesus demands your all and demands all of you. That's what Peter found out. Love, obedience, restoration. Oh, and there's one more thing. In the Greek, if Richard was here, I'd check with our scholar. In the Greek, do you know when Jesus says, do you love me? The word he uses is agape. Unconditional, sacrificial love. And the word that Peter responds with is phileo. Brotherly love. Do you unconditionally, sacrificially love me, Peter? And Peter says, no, I brotherly love you. Do you unconditionally, sacrificially love me, Peter? And Peter says, no, I brotherly love you. And then why does Peter get so upset the third time Jesus asks him? Because the third time Jesus changes the word in Greek and he says, okay, Peter, do you brotherly love me? And Peter says, you know I brotherly love you. And it speaks about volumes about Peter's response, doesn't it? Because he's honest. How honest are you with your Lord? doesn't bend the brotherly love around to the agape love, but he's honest. It seems to me this is the reality of this moment. The older, wiser, battle-scarred Peter is invited to sign up by Jesus to the second half of the journey. And in the midst of the breakfast shared on a beach, there's devotion. The devotion of a heart. I once used the phrase at this church fairly early on after I got here. I said, me and Lorraine would know we were at home if you got under my skin. Do you remember that phrase? Friends, you've got under our skin. The truth of the matter is, we could no longer leave here. Then, well, maybe some of you do want us out, but you get my drift, don't you? 
We couldn't leave here. Why? Because in getting under my skin, I've become devoted to you. And I hope and pray the devotion is mutual, not just with me, but with each other. And if it isn't, it needs to be. Because if we are going to take the walls down, if we're going to break out and actually speak to a loving community, then we need to have love. We need to have obedience for our Lord. We need to restore Let the Lord restore us. And we need to be devoted to him and each other. And yes, for those of you that like whatever they're called, where you list them and the the first law word sort of spells something, if you take love, obedience... (laughs) Oh, it's been a long day. If you take love, obedience, restoration and devotion, what do you get? And if you want Jesus to be Lord in your life, that's what you've got to have. You've got to love him. You've got to be obedient to him. You've got to let him restore you. And you've got to be devoted. And then he's Lord. And nothing else will do. And that's what Peter learned on the beach. And that's actually what we should be for each other. Okay? If you want this church to break out of its confines, don't moan that it's not. Start with yourself. Love. Obey the Lord. Let him restore you. Be devoted. What sort of church would it be if we turned up on a Sunday and everyone was devoted to everyone else? How attractive do you think that might be? I believe that would pull the world in. And God, by the power and grace of his Holy Spirit, would break through. Yeah, let's go for it. And we need to do that. It's really tempting, isn't it, to think that that somehow God won't use you and me, ordinary people, to glorify God. Do you know what Peter was? He was ordinary. After all, he denied Jesus, didn't he, three times. How ordinary is that? He's ordinary. And this ordinary person is going to be used by God to do something extraordinary. Years ago, I was um, with someone and they, they were, they were badly, really badly ill. And we came together as a group and we prayed. You know the James 5 passage where you come together and pray? We put that into practice as a leader of a group of elders. And I remember sort of listening to everybody else's prayer. And this voice beside me, this gent said, your prayer must count for more, Paul. Can you pray? And I refused. But I asked him to pray. Guess whose prayer was heard? His. Amazing testimony he's got. If he's around here, I'll get him to share it with you. But, but in truth, I didn't pray at all. It's not as if this sense of super-Christian and the pastors must be up there, you know? I and Lorraine must go home and simply sing songs of worship all evening. No, we get annoyed when we don't do well at the cricket. And incidentally, Cyril, wasn't it good to see us do really well at the cricket? Amen, brother. <laughs> but you get my drift? We've an ordinary household. We're ordinary people. We're like you. We're ordinary. But I want to ask you, dear church, do you want a church where the ordinary people of Jesus Christ do extraordinary things for him? And if you do, then you've got to love, obey, let him restore you, and be devoted. That seems to me to be an amazing place to start, dear church. Why have these weeks been the way they've been? Well, because surely God is preparing us, isn't he? On that beach, a lot's happening. I want to say that one thing that Peter learns is Jesus doesn't use super-Christians. Now, I have checked. In the last couple of minutes before our young people come back, I have checked. And as far as I am aware, there is no scripture that says this. And the super-Christians put their pants on outside their shorts. Or their trousers. No, where does it say that? The superman always wears... Why does superman always wear his underwear outside? But, but you get my drift. There's no scripture that says super-Christians do it. There is, Christian, there is scripture that says Jesus takes the ordinary and turns them into extraordinary. And that's exactly what he's going to do here. And so therefore this morning, you may have noticed something. You were not given anything when you come in. Do you remember other weeks you've been given something? Not this week. Because this week we're going to do something a little different. I don't know about you. But I've come to the point in this journey where I want to say, Lord, I want to be devoted to this church. I want to be devoted to you. I want to be devoted to each other. I want to make you Lord of my life. And I will do that no matter what, Lord. And if I pay the cost, the cost will be worth it because it's a cost for you and you've called me. And I'm at that point in my own life. What about you? If that's true of you in any way, shape or form, then in a moment, 
you're going to get a chance to respond. Peter's encounter is awesome. But it's only awesome because Jesus takes the ordinary and makes it extraordinary. This morning, the way we're going to respond is a little different. In a moment, I'm going to ask Sue if she'll come and just play some gentle music for us. The, the, words, the, the, the music we're going to play is for the words of our next song, but please don't sing. Okay, the music is there, designed there to give you space. Space and time. Because this is the moment, friends, where you must decide whether you acknowledge that you love and are loved by Jesus, whether you will obey him, whether you will let him restore you, and whether you're devoted. Now you can do that between you and your saviour, but you could also do that as a sign that you are devoted to the church where God has called you. And I say that deliberately and mindful of the fact there are others from other churches here. Friends, if God's calling you to be devoted there, go be devoted there. A group of extraordinary people who on the 28th of August, 2022, stood in an extraordinary race. Sue, can I invite you to... Let's just bring ourselves before the Lord. Father God, we thank you for the reality of who we are and how we are. And we pray your blessing on us, Lord, that by your grace and in the power of your Holy Spirit, we, Lord, would acknowledge who you are. We would love you and be loved by you. We would be obedient to you, saying yes to you and following you. We would be, Lord, reconciled and restored by you. And we would dedicate ourselves to you and to each other. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Earlier on we dedicated four young men. We have no idea what they might do. One of them could be Miles. Let's take him. Miles could be the next Peter in the church. We don't know what God's going to do in his life. We just know God wants to do extraordinary things with ordinary Miles. So I'm going to invite you to do something whether it's your response to the Lord to the church and ask you just to shut your eyes and then as and when the Lord calls you to respond I'd like you just to stand your response to your awesome Lord respond to him friends If you would like to say, I, Lord, I am where you've put me, the right person at the right time, and I don't know what that means. I want to be obedient to you. I want to acknowledge that you love me. Please stand. If you want to respond to your Lord and say, this morning, Lord, I know I need your restoration. I know our relationship isn't all it should be, all it could be. I just simply want to say I love you and start with sharing a meal on the beach and letting you restore. If you need restoration from the Lord, please stand. If you've never known Jesus before, but today's a day you want to encounter him for the first time as a sign that you want to know the man of love and be loved. Please stand. If you want to dedicate yourself once again, just as we did earlier with those boys, to a life that says, I am yours and you are mine. Dedicated to the Lord, please stand. And if this morning you acknowledge that wherever you are, however you are, you long to be dedicated not just to each other in this place but to his work and his ways dedication to the Lord yes dedication to each other yes dedicated to all that might be and will happen yes if you want to dedicate yourself against the Lord please stand Father I thank you for all who are standing and thank you Lord that you've called us all to be unique in your sight just as Peter was, to be loved by you and to be loved, to be obedient to you and to follow you in obedience, to be restored, 
to be devoted. As our response to you, we sing into your hands, I commit again. morning you may be on one side of the bank and you might imagine Jesus on the other and the picture that Tanya's just shared to me is of stepping stones across the river and this morning maybe that moment you've put your first foot on the first stepping stone across the river and Jesus on the other side just as he says to Peter says come and he wants you to go and you know I've got I to gotta promise you this okay there is stepping stones all the way you can run to the Lord And the reality is he will open-armed welcome you. Jesus, I belong to you. So this morning, if that applies to you, if that picture is yours, please speak to Tanya or myself or Richard or someone you know and love and trust after the service. Run to the Lord. And Lord, I picture that person in my mind running and you smiling and laughing. And as they reach the other bank, them falling into your arms and you wrapping love around them. Praise be that we can run to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, before she disappears, please be seated. You've been in and out, Lorraine. Uh, <laughs> have to come here, though. Pro- oh, that used that Lorraine, you guys have been out doing some stuff. You might have to look around, but around you should be somewhere... With a picture. That's it. And it's the children's uh, group here is called Firestarters. And uh, we're understanding that we want to glow with love for Jesus. And uh, the children have been uh, saying that prayer this morning. Dear Lord Jesus, help me to burn bright for you. But we also, they haven't finished yet, but some of them have, um, we made some fish. But these fish. And we want to thank Liam, I don't know if Liam's here this morning, but online we'll thank Liam for the fact that you came and cut out all those bits of wood for us. Thank you, Liam. It's wonderful to be with the Lord. We, we wanted to do something though, didn't we? Because we think the adults, you sometimes come, you don't have something to leave with. So I'm going to ask Lorraine if I could, she could just throw one to me so I can show on camera. Anyone will do. This is going to be interesting. Of course, we've all, we've all been at the seaside. And you've got to go away from the seaside with something, don't you? Those of you on holiday, you'll leave mine here with something. At the very least, what you're going to leave with is a bit of rock, which is what this is. There's a piece of rock for everyone. And on it, it says, Minehead Baptist Church, Seaside Rock 2020. In the middle, it's 2022. Two, sorry. 2022. Two years out of date. The rock isn't two years out of date before that rumour gets around. In, in, a picture, in the middle, there's a picture of a stormy sea, and on it, it says, Jesus is Lord. And on that right-hand side is something for you to remember what you did this morning. It says, Lord, love, obedience, restoration, devotion. So everybody, please take one of our sticks of rock when you leave. There is enough for everyone. And Lorraine's gone missing again. That I wasn't expecting. (laughs) Okay. So please take a a lump of rock with us. It would be good to finish in worship, though, Lorraine. And just to remind ourselves that we are... God's church. We are indeed, and uh, it's a favourite of mine, I don't know if it's a favourite of yours, come set your rule and reign in our hearts again, and uh, it it really um, speaks to me about the church being set on fire with Jesus' love, and that's what we want to take to the beach next week, we want to proclaim on that beach that Jesus is Lord, Amen? amen? Amen. Let's sing together.
All authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me, Jesus said. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. May the words of our Saviour echo in our lives this week. May the love of our Father overflow from them. And may the fellowship of the Holy Spirit surround us so that all we do this week will show that he is Lord of all and of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. To leave a comment, please go to mindhead-baptist.com slash sermons. Well, thank you once again for listening and I'll speak to you soon.